Hey, Connected Parents, before we get started, I just want to thank you. This is our 50th episode, and it's been such a joy. I've loved reading your emails, hearing about how much Connected Parenting is helping, and I've also loved your suggestions for podcast topics. Um, this has been a lot of fun. We have listeners from over 100 countries. So to celebrate, I want to do some special pricing on our Connected Parenting Masterclass. So if you want to dive deeper into the methodology, um, that's a great place to do it. And you can join a community of parents from all over the world. Um, I interact with everyone, answering questions, supporting everyone. And I also do live coaching calls. So if you're interested in that, you can go to our Connected Parenting website, connectedparenting.com for more information. Hi, everyone. I'm Jennifer Colary. I'm a child and family therapist and a parenting coach and the founder of Connected Parenting. And welcome to the Connected Parenting Weekly Podcast. Join me every week and we'll tackle everything from temper tantrums to bedtime to sibling issues to teenage angst. Parenting can be so wonderful, but it can be so hard. Parents often say to me, hey, can you just come live at my house? This is the next best thing. Let's do this together. Hello, Connected Parents, and welcome to another episode of Connected Parenting. Today, I want to talk about the power and the magic of play. Um, it's a really, really important thing to understand that children's natural way of learning about the world and learning about how to be an adult actually happens through play. So this idea for this podcast actually came out of a conversation that I had in my clinic. So we have a number of amazing therapists that work at Connected Parenting and we work with kids and we have a really unique, interesting program um, that's really based around fun and around play. When you have therapeutic trust and you have good rapport and the child feels really comfortable and really safe, um, it's actually through play and through joy that they do most of their learning. And certainly therapy can be hard, but, but the way that we kind of work on it here at Connected Parenting is really through connection, through comfort and through play. So children do not come home and, and talk like adults to their parents about their day. They don't come home and say, oh, let me tell you about my day. It started in the sandbox this morning when so-and-so took my shovel. Like they, that's not what they do. They come home and they refuse to do something or they have a meltdown because you made the wrong snack or they start up with their sibling. Um, they, they don't quite understand what's going on internally. They don't have a fully formed frontal lobe yet, whose job it is to mitigate and inhibit and organize and prioritize and regulate. Um, in fact, we're, we co-regulate with our little ones. Um, so talking is not a natural way for them to work things through they're much more likely through play, through, you know, playing with action figures or dolls or, but creating things with clay or drawing to work out um, what's going on internally for them. So we have this conversation at our clinic because quite often parents will say, you know, we'll ask their children, you know, how, how they, how the session went and the child will say, oh, well, we played such and such. We played a game or when, when we're able to work with kids one-on-one, -on -one, when it's not a pandemic, we actually use a lot of action figures and toys and dolls and all kinds of things. Um, online, it tends to be more like games, uh, like online board games and things like that. And um, it's really important to help parents understand um, what's actually happening when we're having sessions like that. So what children are doing is they're projecting their issues into the play. So you'll see themes, things, th things are hopeless or one character always blames the other in the action figure or you know terrible things happen to one action figure no matter what um, they try to do. And you can sort of as a, 
as a therapist, you can sort of look at that and see where are the themes, where are the things that the child is struggling with? Where is there some resolution, right? Where are they fixing the, 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 the issue? And then you can see through the play, um, you can see that evolve. So as you're working through these issues, um, you'll see children on their own uh, start to introduce resolution into the play, which is really fun. So it's, it's important to help parents understand that play is really important, not just if your child is in therapy. And we do also talk to the children. There's talking as well. And we have a curriculum and we teach them all about their brain. But a big part of it actually is, is done through play and storytelling. So our storytelling also, um, you know, we use storytelling. We, we change the, you know, if it's a story involving a boy, we'll change it to a girl. If it happened in the school, at school, we'll change it to home. You, you change it enough um, that it, it the story actually is interesting to them, but it actually bypasses the, the uh the kind of critical mind, the part that goes, wait a minute, I know what you're doing. I get where you're going with this. So it, you really have to, um, to understand how to do that. But a lot of emotional work happens through play. And so we were talking about this as a clinic. And I was thinking, this is really important for parents to know this. And I don't want you to start hovering over your kids' shoulders and like psychoanalyzing their play. What I want you to do is understand how important play actually is. So we often give the message to kids, you know, what are you doing? You should be doing something important. What about this? What about that? Uh, what are you daydreaming for? What are you, what are you making that for? And, and, and the truth is what's happening is incredible things are happening in their brain. And that needs, we need to value that. And we need to know that that's what hap what's happening. So when we were kids, certainly when I was a kid, um, we played a lot. We played um, outside with, you know, kids of all different ages. We're, you know, playing kick the can and we're playing, you know, what time is it, Mr. Wolf, all, all kinds of games. And you learned in those games how to be heard, um, when to be quiet, uh, when to assert yourself, when not to. You know, there were some hard bumps and lessons sometimes as kids taught each other these things, but this was practicing for life. This was practicing to be an adult. And we would play outside for hours and hours, then all the moms and dads would, you know, get on the porch and yell everyone to come in for dinner or bath time or whatever it is. And in we'd go. And there was a tremendous amount of joy and freedom and learning that happened um, during, during those play sessions. And that's shifted. That's that it's not the same anymore, unless you're lucky enough to live, you know, in a, in a community where that happens or, you know, camping in the summer or whatever, but usually children don't play outside anymore. They're inside. They're on their video games or on the computers, um, or they're in organized playdates that have been prearranged by parents and often highly supervised by parents, or they're in organized activities where there's an adult supervising so that if there's a scuffle between two kids, the adult says, Hey, you know what? Why don't you do this? And why don't you do that? Which is great. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying at all that your kids shouldn't be in an organized activity. Um, I just feel like unorganized, natural, organic play, free play is a very, very, very important thing. And finding ways to make that happen uh, is very difficult during the pandemic. That is something that has truly suffered. Kids have literally not been able to see each other at all. They've been online, which is very unnatural. Um, they've been doing their best, especially boys with their video games and, and, uh, you know, that they will tell you that's their social life. That is their social life. Those are their friends. And it is, it really is. And we shouldn't, we should not, not value that. That's incredibly important. And just because we didn't have that as kids, doesn't mean it's not real for them. Um, 
I think that should be managed and monitored, but I do think there's something really important about unstructured, lying in the grass, running around um, without adults telling what to do kind of play. And I think it's something that needs to be celebrated and protected as parents. I, I'd love to see all of us just really value that and do our best um, to have our kids involved in more unstructured activities. The other kind of play, which is really important is, is when kids play alone, when they play by themselves which many, many kids have lost that ability. So imagination is like a muscle. If you don't use it, you lose it. And so naturally kids around 12 or 13 start to kind of lose their imagination a little bit. You know, they can't quite see that they're in an airplane or they're at a desk at a travel agency or they're uh, whatever on a battlefield or whatever they're imagining. It gets harder and harder as the frontal lobe comes on and that magical thinking starts to naturally um, dissipate a little bit, um, they'll lose that. But I actually think kids are losing it even younger because they need organized activities or because they're only playing uh, video games or on computer games. So it, this is also something that I think kids are going to need. These soft skills that make us uniquely uh, human, I think, are going to be very important later on when uh, computers and AI start doing more and more things, what's going to be valuable is these are you know, this soft technology, these soft skills, you know, our ability to, um, to listen and to lead and to work as a team and to support people. Those are all things um, that are uniquely human. And I think those skills are going to be very, very valuable. And we need to be nurturing those now with our kids. So what often happens is kid doesn't have something to do, or you've said no more video games and they're like, I'm bored, I'm bored, there's nothing to do. And, you know, then we sort of panic and we try to come up with, you know, ideas for them to, you know, keep themselves busy and everything. I don't like that. That's boring. I've done that already. And you end up in this kind of push pull. And then we either give up and say, fine, here you go. Or we work too hard to entertain them, or we start playing with them, which is not wrong. I think it's very important for us to play with our kids. We just need, no, we don't need to do that all the time. I actually think there's an incredible amount of value in children learning how to be happy and content and playing on their own. So there's a couple of things I would suggest for that. Um, you know, one is to have a list on the fridge or somewhere you know where you can see it of a, a number of different ideas. Here are ten things you can do when you're bored. And they can go and look at the list. Sometimes what happens is they get kind of overwhelmed. They don't like the feeling of being bored. You know, they start to get a little antsy and a little itchy and they don't know what to do. And then the possibility of sitting there and filing through what they have is overwhelming. Um, even though most of our kids have so much stuff, there's a million things they could keep themselves busy with. It becomes like they just become blind to it. They don't, they don't see it. It's not novel anymore. So having a list of things on the fridge that they can do. Um, I also suggest with younger kids toy rotation. So you actually take a bunch of the stuff that they is sitting around in the basement or their room, put it away in a giant box or two giant boxes and keep it away for like three months and then bring it out and go, look what I found. And suddenly that box is going to become the most incredible, um, exciting door to their imagination you've ever seen. And then you take some other toys and put those away and bring those back out. So you just keep rotating um, different toys, which actually helps. The novelty thing is actually really important. Um, the other is talking to your kids about how important it is to, to nurture their imagination. And if they don't do that, 
it's going to get harder to use their imagination, which they're, they're going to need their whole lives, but especially it makes childhood way more fun. So see if you can get your child to play even for five or 10 minutes. Sometimes you can get them started and just say, Hey, I'm going to start this game with you, but then I have to do whatever I got to cook, or I have to look at my emails or I have to do yoga or you have to clean the kitchen, whatever it is. Um, you sort of get them going and then you can back out. Sometimes they just need help to start. Um, and you can work with them around, Hey, if you can play by yourself for five or 10 minutes, um, that's great. And then you can, you can mark that with some kind of a little reward and you don't, it doesn't have to be a thing. It could be, um, you get those colored elastics and they earned an elastic, you know, to wear. And then the next day they earn another one and then they get a bunch of elastics and then they can trade that in for something extra, you know, few, extra few minutes at bedtime or an extra long lie down, or, um, they get to pick what's for dinner on Friday. It doesn't actually have to be a thing. And I do like using these things sometimes for incentive just to kind of get kids to find, to take that energy and uh, put that into something for a reason and see if you can then start uh, extending the time. So they play for five minutes one day and then it turns into 10 and then it turns into 15 and that can be really, really helpful. Um, and what you'll start to notice is that it'll get easier and easier for them and they'll be happier and they'll feel less angsty. Children actually need, I believe they emotionally need um, this beautiful, uh, rich imaginary life, um, a, a good chunk of the day, actually, I think it's very important for them. I think it's very healing for them. I think it's an escape from, you know, what's going on in the world. And if they can lose themselves in an imaginary game, that I think is, is the greatest gift. I think sometimes as parents, we, we get a little bit worried that, you know, the games and the toys need to be educational and they need to be purposeful or, you know, what are they doing that? And they could be doing this and it's so much more important. And um, I guess the, the purpose of this um, podcast is to really help you understand that it, it's really at the top of the list of things that children need to be emotionally healthy, mentally healthy, socially healthy, and, and to practice. That's how kids figure out how to be adults. It is through play. So um, I think about that. I think that's really, really important and valuing it and creating space in their day for it. Um, I was just talking to a little one the other day who was in tears in our session thinking, I have no time. I don't even look forward to weekends because it doesn't feel like a weekend for me because I have this and I have that and I have tutoring and I have whatever gymnastics. And, and uh, sometimes, you know, we love our kids so much and we want them to have opportunities and we want them to have all kinds of wonderful experiences but we undervalue or devalue how important um, nothingness is sometimes. Just even just lying in the grass and looking up at the clouds going by is incredibly healthy and incredibly important. So it's really just to have parents think about balance, the value of play, watching it for over-programming and see if you can structure things for your kids by having that list, getting them started with the play and then if they have trouble playing alone, just kind of building on that. So just increasing the amount of time that they spend alone and maybe play with them and, and bring out your own inner child and, uh, and really know even in your own life that it's important to have times where you just do nothing and you just play and help your kids understand that imagination is a muscle. All right. And we will see you next time on the next episode of Connected Parenting. Remember too, that um, in addition to our clinic, we have, um, um, sorry, we have uh, 
you can go to connectedparenting.com where we've got all kinds of resources and information, access to other podcasts and articles. We've got our online course, uh, which is an amazing community of people from all over the world. And I, I do a live coaching uh, call regularly with, with um, people in that course. And it's a great way to meet other families and have some of your parenting concerns addressed and answered. And uh, don't forget the mental health comedy podcast where we interview amazing celebrities and well-known comedians about their mental health. And that's more of an adult show. And it's really just full of strategies because mental health is a practice. And I will see you on the next Connected Parenting podcast.